0: We're going to focus in this morning on one verse that Alice read out of uh, the four from uh, verse 20, out of chapter 20 in the book of John. And again, as, as Lou said, this is from Easter evening, so you get the setting, it's, it's Easter night, the disciples are there in the upper room, it says they're hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Jesus comes and stands in their midst. And after this, after Jesus came and stood in their midst, after Jesus said peace, Jesus showed them his hands, and he showed them his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus showed them his hands. Jesus showed them his side. And then they rejoiced when they saw everyone has scars. Everyone has scars.
1: A couple years ago, I was playing golf with a
0: buddy of mine, and uh, he was recovering from knee surgery. And uh, as we were playing in the round, I thought he was doing remarkably well for the short time you know, it had been since he, he had had his surgery. And so so I, I, commented, I complimented him on how well he was doing. And with that, he proceeded to roll up his pants like they are in the golf cart and to show me uh, the line that was running down his knee. And I thought, oh, way too much information. <laughs> well, way too much more than I needed to know and I needed to see. That. You know, I, and uh, uh, and I thought, well, maybe and kind of – reciprocation, what I needed to do is roll up my pants leg and show them the scar I had on my shin from when I fell off my bicycle as a kid, you know, because everybody has scars, and sometimes those scars are on the knee and sometimes they're on the shins, but sometimes they're below the surface, sometimes the scars are really deep, sometimes the scars are about a broken heart. Sometimes the scars are about a wounded spirit. Sometimes the scars are about a real deep disappointment. We all know that as we go through life, we experience moments of pain that cannot be predicted and that cannot be prevented so as we go through life, inevitably, everyone has scars. I want to tell you this morning, friends, even Jesus has scars. Even Jesus has scars. It really interests me in this text today that what happens in the scripture this morning, when you read it closely and you read it carefully, it says, Jesus came and Jesus stood in the midst they didn't recognize Jesus by the brilliance of his appearing, and they didn't recognize Jesus by the intonation of his voice. It says that Jesus showed them the print of the nails in his hand and the piercing of the spear in his side, and when they saw his hands when they saw his side, when they saw his scars, that's when they knew that Jesus had risen. That's when the, that was the moment of recognition. When the disciples realized that we have a Savior with scars for people with scars. I want to tell you, friends... That is good news. That is really good news. That in the scripture this morning, he says, that's when the disciples recognized him, a Savior with scars, for people with scars. He says, that's when they rejoiced. Because usually what I do with my scars and usually what I do with my pain is perhaps what you have done with your scars and what you have done with your pain. It's what the disciples did in the scripture this morning before they saw Jesus. What we tend to do is we tend to to take our scars, tend to take our pain, and we huddle in a room called fear, and we lock the door, and we bar the door, and we hope that no one will find us in that place. We hope no one will find us there, because we're afraid. We're afraid of what they might say, afraid of what they might think, we're afraid of how they might judge, and so what we do is we huddle in that room called fear, and what we see in the scripture this morning is that Jesus, we can't hide from Jesus, it's beautiful, we cannot hide from Jesus, Jesus finds us in that place. we're at that place in our hearts and a place in our lives, Jesus finds us in that place. And when Jesus finds us in that place, we need to hear what Jesus thinks and what Jesus says and how Jesus judges. Because what Jesus thinks and says and judges is summed up in one word, peace. his presence is there in your life and in my life even in those very difficult moments, in those very difficult places to bring and to bless with peace because we would never want to forget that the reason that Jesus got the scars how Jesus got the scars was by going to the cross For forgiveness, for freedom, and for healing. For our forgiveness, for our freedom, and for our healing. And so when Jesus comes, peace is the word. Peace is the word. And, you know, I wish in some ways, and maybe you do too, that the scripture this morning had stopped right there. That we could remain in his presence and that we could rest in peace, basically. And, you know, I kind of wish we could stay right there. But that's not where the scripture lets us stay. That's not where Jesus let the disciples stay. Not in that place. Jesus comes along and says, I've got something for you to do. I have a mission for you. That just as the Father has sent me, So I am about to send you. And it's on a mission. A mission. That's bigger than you. And bigger than me. And and bigger than all of us together as a church. It is a bigger mission. And so it's going to take more than your strength. and, And more than my strength. It's going to take more than your ability. And more than my ability. It's going to take more than my willpower and more than your willpower. It's going to take more than that. So what Jesus does is he says, I'm going to give you what you need to do the mission. And so he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I read that scripture this morning. I say, what an amazing gift that Jesus gives in in those moments. The, The way I picture it in my mind, is that the disciples are there, they've heard, they've got this mission, and they heard it's bigger than they are, and so they're kind of taking this gasp. And as they gasp and kind of take that breath in, Jesus, it says, is breathing into them the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, friends, whenever the, the Spirit comes in the Scriptures, it's, it's a breath. And in these moments, it's Jesus is breathing on the disciples in that room, breathing into them the Holy Spirit. Just like in the beginning of creation, when God picked up the clay and when God breathed into the clay, when the clay became alive, and said, man, the human beings became living beings when God breathed in the breath of life. So here in the upper room, when God breathes the Holy Spirit, what happens is the disciples come into a life, into a risen life, into a Jesus life, and so he breathes into them that Holy Spirit. And then he sends them to do the work. And the work is this. Forgive. That is the mission. To forgive. Just as the Father sent me and the Father sent Jesus to bring forgiveness, so I send you to bring forgiveness. I want to tell you, friends, when I think about forgiveness, that's always a work. It's always a piece of work. Because when Jesus says forgive, Jesus, is, and he's talking to those disciples, he's talking to us, he's not talking about forgiveness in an abstract way or generalized way. He's talking in a, or an ethereal way. He's talking about forgiveness in a very specific way. In a very focused way. In a way that forgiveness is focused on The very people who are the source of the pain. The very people who are the cause of the hurt. The very people who are the people who inflict the scars. Jesus says, that's where the focus is. That's where we direct forgiveness. I tell you, I think about that. All of a sudden forgiveness becomes superhuman, all of a sudden, you know, I need the Holy Spirit, because I know that I can't do that by myself. I know that. Alexander Pope wrote in what's an essay on criticism is the name of the essay, he wrote these words, to err is human, to forgive is divine. To err is human. He writes, all commit sin. He said, to err is human. But to forgive is divine. he writes, to forgive is to act like God. I tell you, when you and I step into that place of forgiveness, it's to act like God. It is to act like Jesus. When we step into those moments, I want to share with you, friends, I don't think forgiveness is about stepping into those moments and forgive and forget. You know, we've all heard that phrase. And and I want to share with you, I I think that's humanly impossible myself. Because I think once somebody has hurt me or hurt you, the whole notion of not ever, you know, not remembering that, I I just don't see how that's possible. I haven't experienced it. I think forgiveness is possible, but I think what happens with the forgiveness is that forgiveness does not ask us to forget the wrong. It does not ask us to forget the wrong. Forgiveness is not an excuse for the evil. Forgiveness is not a minimization of the pain. Forgiveness is not the marginalization of the ongoing suffering that we are experiencing. That's, That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness does not forget the wrong. But forgiveness also does not forget the cross. Forgiveness does not forget the mission. Forgiveness does not forget the strength of the Spirit. Forgiveness does not forget that's our Savior. It is our Savior who's called us. He sends us. Forgiveness does, does not forget that. Instead, what forgiveness then becomes, and forgiveness becomes a step into risen life. I really look at it that way. It's a step beyond that room of fear, and it is a step into risen life, into moments when we you know, are relying upon Jesus in a way that that perhaps we haven't relied upon Him before. And we're stepping into those moments, trusting Him in and trusting in the peace that He brings and trusting in the way that His presence can be our strength in that time to step in to what is It's a step into a real-time Jesus. It's a step into risen life. Forgiveness is a step into freedom. It is a step in the journey of freedom. For you see, what fear wants to do is fear wants to bind us. Fear wants to shackle. And what forgiveness does is forgiveness comes along and forgiveness is the key that knows that that when we turn that key of forgiveness, what it does is it releases. It releases the one who has inflicted the pain on us. It releases them to God and to God's judgment and to God's justice. It's not that they, you know, kind of escape. It's just that we realize that we are not the one to exercise justice. that that's God's to do. And so it releases, we turn that key of forgiveness and it releases the shackles on us and it releases them to God. And how God would work with them and how God would be dealing with them and dealing with their hearts, that's, that's beyond us. But that is God's. And when we release them to God, begin to find is there is a release for us as well. Forgiveness is a step into freedom. Forgiveness is a step into healing. But as you know, what hurt wants to do, and what pain does, and what fear does, fear festers. And we all know that. We know that fear festers. And what it does, as it festers, is it breeds bitterness. It breeds bitterness in my heart, in your heart, my life, in your life. That's, that's what it does. And so what we do with forgiveness is we say there's a healing there that is yours from God, that is mine from God. Where there comes a cleansing. And what's being cleansed there is that we're cleansing ourselves of the way others, words that they might have said and feelings that we might have taken from them, we say, you know, those need to be cleansed away. Those need to be washed away. That's baptism talk. That it's washed away by the grace of God. As it's washed away by the grace of God, we can claim again in the midst of that cleansing who God says you really are. And who God says, I really am. Because you and I are disciples of God. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We are children, beloved children of God. Precious, so precious in God's sight. That is who you are. That's who I am. Because that's who God says who you are. That's who God says that I am. And so forgiveness brings us into that place of cleansing and of healing. And I want to share with you, friends, when we begin to step in that place, you will never forget. You will never forget the courage that it took to come into those moments and to consider what forgiveness might mean for another, and for you. You won't forget that. And you won't forget how you had to work and how you had to think and how you had to pray to to come up with the words that you were going to say in your mind, perhaps to yourself, or you're going to say through your lips, perhaps to others. But you'll never forget the work that that took. And when you forgive, you'll never forget the response that came from the other. No matter what it was, you'll you'll never forget it. And when you forgive, you won't also forget that when you were forgiving, you were forgiving in a way that was so much bigger than whatever response you got back. That you were forgiving as a person on a mission, as a person who was sent, as a person who was giving the gift of forgiveness that God gave you that we then are privileged to give to others. Never forget that. We forgive, and we don't forget. And the scripture this morning closes out with a word. A word of wind, and a word of warning. And the word of warning is this, that any sins that are retained, Unforgiven The scripture this morning it says they are retained And so what we find from that Is if a sin is retained If a sin is unforgiven A sin remains A sin retained is a sin remains And I'll tell you when a sin remains You know what it does It plunders And it pillages And it just ruins your life And it just ruins my life That's what it does sin retained is a sin that remains. And the word of the wind is this, a sin that is forgiven. When you and I exercise that power, it is truly forgiven. It's forgiven in a way that the scriptures reflect. It's forgiven in heaven. It's forgiven in a way that a little bit of heaven comes down to that moment, that moment on earth, that moment in my heart, that moment in your heart, that my life, that moment in your life, my life, your life, forgiveness, a little bit of heaven, Jesus' gift to us in those moments. I love the way the last hymn sums it up. It goes like this, God forgave my sin, God forgave your sin, in Jesus' name. And so in that forgiveness, we find that it says we're born again. That we find again a strength in that forgiveness to be a forgiving people. God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And so in Jesus' name, in that forgiveness, I come to you to share his love, to share his power, to share his forgiveness, as he told. me. Freely we have received. Freely, freely, give. Let's bow our heads, join our hearts in prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks always for the gift of your grace. We feel the challenge, the call to forgiveness. We thank you for the ways that you strengthen and empower us into that mission, in and through your cross, and by your Holy Spirit. Lord, let us find in you that peace that we need so that we might step into the living of our days as those who are not only forgiven, but as those who forgive all to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.